This communication was prepared for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. All opinions or views reflect the judgment of the authors as of the broadcast date and are subject to change without notice. Julius Wealth Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. Our disclosure brochure, available at advisorinfo.sec.gov or through contacting us, provides further detail about our business services and fees. Welcome to episode 20 of the Big Bo Show. Excited for the show. I just got back from a trip to Israel with my family. First time I went there in my life. I like to joke around and tell people it took my ancestors 40 years to find Israel and it took me 41. I was able to take a two-week trip to Israel with my family because of steps that I took in my 20s. And this trip was very special to me because growing up, I wasn't able to take many or any really family trips with my family growing up. So spending two weeks with my wife and my kids in a special place was really meaningful. Now, the steps I took in my 20s that allowed me to take my net worth from negative to over seven figures and start my own business and create the flexibility to travel with my wife and kids, not many people do this. Luckily for me, I learned a lot of these lessons from my grandfather, Julius, who I named my firm after in Julius Wealth Advisors, and reading books about Warren Buffett. But most people, what happens is they wake up in their 50s and they think, now's the time I need to take care of my finances. Well, the truth of the matter is, once you get into your 50s, your mid-50s, it gets kind of late. 30s to 40s is typically the sweet spot. In your 30s and 40s, you still have time on your side, and you have the ability to create that disciplined structure that can create tailwinds at your back. So in episode 20 of The Big Bo Show, I'm going to review five major money mistakes high earners make in their 30s and 40s and how to avoid them. So sit back, relax, and welcome to episode 20 of The Big Bo Show. Julius Wealth Advisors. All right, let's get after it in episode 20 of the Big Bo Show. Five major money mistakes high earners make in their 30s and 40s and how to avoid them. So let's get after number one. The number one thing that I always see is people not starting today. Now, one common thought I hear from people in their 30s and 40s is they feel like they're behind in creating wealth. And not only do I hear this, you see that statistically. And they feel like getting started is too daunting. They get themselves in what's called a mindset trap. And your mindset is one of the most important things, in my opinion, in life in general, and especially when it comes to creating wealth. Your mind is extremely powerful. Instead of taking that first step, they get into this sort of analysis pie paralysis. And in my opinion, A lot of it has to do with a total lack of financial literacy in this country, which we've talked about in the past. But let's move on from that for a second. 
because instead of taking that first step, they remain stagnant. It's always important to keep the proper perspective because if you didn't start in your 20s like I did, you have to keep that perspective because there's a saying that goes, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. So let's start now and I'm going to give you an example of the importance of starting now. I'm going to give you three different examples of someone that starts in their 30s, someone that starts in their 40s, and someone that starts in their 50s. So you're 30 years old. We have a goal of let's getting up to a million dollars in real terms. If you look at the S&P 500, I'm going to use this as a proxy for a return. From 1957 through 2021, the S&P 500 returned about 12%. So if we take away inflation, let's just call that 2.5%, and then you have to have taxes, which also erodes your returns, that's about 1% to 2%. So let's use 1.5%. We get a real return of about 7.4%. So if you start at the age of 30 and you want to hit that million-dollar goal in real terms by the age of 65, you have 35 years of compounding at your back, you would need to invest about $505 per month to hit this goal. $505 per month. Now, let's look at the age of 40, waiting 10 years. This number now jumps to $1,160 per month, more than two times higher. Now, if you wait to your 50s, which is unfortunately a lot of what I see from people. They wait to 50 years old and 50s to get things together. This number now jumps to $3,050. $3,050 per month you would have to put away to hit $1 million in real terms by the age of 65 if you started at 50. And remember that number at 30 years old was $505 per month you would have to put away more than six times the number per month if you would have just started at the age of 30. Odds are you have some money already invested, but maybe you don't have a plan of attack. Get that plan of attack. You have to plan your goals. You have to start now, and it's not too late. You still have time on your side, but making that first step is very important and it makes it far easier as we showed in our example to achieve your goals. Now let's move on to number two. The second major money mistake high earners make in their 30s and 40s that I see is giving into lifestyle creep. It sounds backwards. The more money you make often becomes a financial disaster. It doesn't necessarily make it better People think, oh, I get that new job, I make more money, things are going to get better. That typically doesn't happen from what I see because people fall into what's called lifestyle creep. They increase their spending as their incomes increase. And this is why, as studies have shown and we talked about many times in the past on the Big Bo Show, 40% of Americans that make over $100,000 are living paycheck to paycheck. And one of these reasons is because people give into lifestyle creep. Now, lifestyle creep 
isn't necessarily saying, oh, I'm going to buy that Rolex or, oh, I'm going to buy that Mercedes. Those are big ticket items and people typically feel that right away. The lifestyle creep that people typically give into and that I see is a bunch of little things. Little things, I always tell people, little things lead to big things. Now, in this example, it leads to negative big things because now you're going out for dinner and instead of ordering a burger, you're ordering a juicy steak, a big steak. Instead of watching your local games on your television, you're buying the NFL Red Zone. These smaller things typically add up leading into lifestyle careers, and then we get addicted to it. And here's the ramifications of these decisions. Now, you can get the NFL Red Zone if you want. You can get that stake if you want. But we have to understand the ramifications of our decisions because every action has an equal or opposite reaction. So when I work with people at Julius Wealth Advisors, I always try to get them to what's called a 3% sustainable spend rate. And when you're working with someone in their early 30s and 40s, it's typically a lot easier to get them there because they have so much time on their hand and they have high earners. Here's an example. Let's just say once you, once you get to retirement, you're going to need to live off your assets, right? That's a known thing. You're not either because you don't want to work or you can't work. You're going to need to kind of replicate your income. And if you need $100,000 to survive per year, to get to that 3% sustainable spend rate, you're going to need $3.3 million. Now, if you need $150,000 or $50,000 more, you're going to need $5 million. And if you need $50,000 more than that, or $200,000 per year, you're going to need to get to $6.7 million. You increase the amount of money you're going to need per year by $100,000 or starting $100,000 to $200,000 in an example, and you double the amount of money that you're going to need. This is a huge double because it went from $3.3 million to $6.7 million. Again, understanding the cause and reaction and ramifications of our decisions is important. So I'm going to give a little life hack here, something that I implemented for myself and something that I always look to implement for high earners in their 30s and 40s at Julius Wealth Advisors. It is making sure that your saving for your future self is a known expense. And this is something that Warren Buffett talks about. He says, do not save what is left after spending, but spend what is left after saving. And this is what I did for myself is what I always see is people typically know what they make. And most times people have kind of no clue what they spent. You know your mortgage payment that you have to make or your rent payment. You kind of know other fixed items, maybe your utility bills. Typically it's in a certain range every single month. But what you truly spend, most people don't know. And what I typically see people do is they say, all right, once I have money in the bank, I'll wait and then I'll save it. And that is typically a recipe for disaster because most people, most Americans, when they have money left in the bank, they say, oh, okay, well now I can afford this or now I can afford that or now I can buy this. And then they inevitably don't ever save for their future selves. However, if you look to automate your habit and say, great, I made a plan, 
this is how much I need to put away per month. I need to grow it by X. I need to save X amount per month. And you make that dollar amount, whatever that dollar amount is, you make that a mandatory expense, like your mortgage. You want to pay your mortgage every single month, or you need to pay your mortgage every single month. You need to pay your future self every single month. And if you make this a mandatory expense, you're not going to wake up and say, oh, I'm going to, well, I'm going to wait till I have what I have in the bank. No, because the money is already working for your future self. And now I'm going to take a quick break. We went through the first two major money mistakes high earners make in their 30s and 40s and how to avoid them. The first being not starting today and the second being giving in to lifestyle creep. After we get back, I'm going to go through three through five. We'll be right back. Growing up, Jason Blumstein had become accustomed to a life of financial struggle and frustration. His grandfather, Julius, took the time to teach him the difference financial literacy can make. Since then, Jason has Julius to thank for pulling him out of the mud and pushing him to become empowered, educated, and independent. We want Julius Wealth Advisors to do the same for you. At Julius Wealth Advisors, we are committed to continuing the legacy of literacy and learning. Advising to us is much more than simply telling our clients what to do. It's teaching them how to do it. Our emphasis on client education is founded on the fact that we've seen its benefits firsthand. Our lives and our firm are built by the tools wise friends and family members have passed down to us. And our passion is to pass these tools unto you. Please call us at 201-289-9181 or email at info at juliuswealthadvisors.com to take your first step to be empowered to live your best financial life. All right. Welcome back to episode 20 of the Big Bow Show. Five money mistakes that I see people in their 30s and 40s, high earners, make and how to avoid them. We already went through the first two. Now let's go through three, four, and five. The third mistake that I often see people make, and this one might be a surprise, is neglecting estate planning. Many of us, when I talk to people in their 30s and 40s, or when I talk to people about estate planning, they think estate planning is something, oh, only our parents need to do it, or only the wealthy need to do it. Well, if you're in your 30s and 40s, believe it or not, it's time. And this actually is something that is more neglected than savings. Because if you look at a Caring's.com 2023 study, they said that 6 in 10 Americans have a retirement account, but only 1 in 3 Americans have an estate plan. Many people see estate planning as daunting and a complex task. They expect it to be expensive and emotional, when in reality, it could be relatively simple and cost-effective. And I'm talking from experience here. I did this two years ago, me and my wife. We set up our estate plan. And it can be an emotional process, I'm not going to lie to you. It was very emotional. You have to think about things that you don't necessarily want to think about things, but you need to, in my opinion. You have to think about if you have kids, what happens to your kids? If you have assets, what happens to these assets? If you and or 
your wife or your loved one, your spouse, suddenly passes. Not something simple that we want to think about, but in my opinion, we need to. And there's a few items that are within estate plan that we all should be knowledgeable about. And before I go into this, I want to just make sure everyone knows I am not an estate lawyer. And it's best to consult someone in this area, a lawyer in this area, for your individual needs. I'm just going to advise you and give general advice on an estate strategy in your 30s and 40s. And here are a few key areas to focus on. The first is a will. A will goes beyond who you're leaving your stuff and your money to. High earners should also consider things like guardianship for your kids, how to handle any debts or liabilities, and who the executor of your will should be. So the first area is having a will. The second is trusts. Now, with not getting into the weeds too much, keep in mind that trust can help you control your assets and how they are distributed. They can help protect you from creditors and potentially reduce estate taxes. Trust also become increasingly important if you have young kids. It can allow your kids to properly get your assets, especially if they're minors, and when and how these assets are directed. So number two is a trust. Number three is power of attorney. Now, starting in your 30s and as you age, you start to accumulate a complicated web of financial and legal responsibilities to take care of. We pay our bills, we manage our bank accounts, sign documents. Should we become unable to perform these tasks due to an illness, injury, death, whatever, a power of attorney can help you describe who has the power to help you manage these finances. It allows you to name a trusted individual to handle your financial and legal affairs should you become unable to manage them yourself, whether temporarily or permanently. The fourth area of an estate plan is a healthcare proxy or a healthcare power of attorney. Like a durable power of attorney, a medical power of attorney, sometimes called a healthcare power of attorney, allows you to authorize a trusted individual to make decisions about your medical care if you are unable to make those decisions yourself. And sometimes who your power of attorney is for your finances could be different than the healthcare person. Like say, for example, like for me, fortunately, I have a sister that's a doctor. Well, that would probably make sense that she's the healthcare power of attorney. Putting it together an estate plan can give you the peace of mind while it's emotional is that it is an emotional process, but at the end, it can give you the peace of mind knowing your loved ones will be taken care of should anything ever happen to you. And you'd be surprised how easily this can be done. Now let's move on to number four. The fourth thing I see people in their 30s and 40s, high earners, some money and mistakes that they make. And this one could also be a little controversial here is over investing in real estate. Today, especially, and I've heard this for many, many years, my entire life, that you have to invest in real estate. And real estate can be a very good investment, but there are also drawbacks 
and you have to understand what the risks are and that it's not always a no-brainer and a surefire way to get wealthy and create passive income. Again, just like any other investment, it comes with risk and real estate gurus don't like to talk about those risks. So here are some of the potential pitfalls of over-investing in real estate. Now, the first is liquidity concerns. When you invest in real estate, you lack liquidity. And what do I mean by that? Your real estate asset, if you ever needed money in a pinch, you can't really sell your real estate tomorrow. Now, if you needed money in a bank account, you can get it tomorrow. If you have investments in equities or bonds, you can press a button, sell it, and probably get your money in two to three days. When you own real estate, that asset is illiquid. You might have trouble getting quick access to that cash when you need it. Now, the second is market volatility. Real estate looks sexy, but keep in mind that real estate also experiences downturns often when people least expect it. And we saw that, obviously we saw that in the financial crisis, 2007 to 2009. And people always think, oh, real estate, oh, it only, it only could go up. And they also think it's less volatile. And I always joke around with people, which is, in my opinion, true, that if you saw a piece of real estate, you don't see the volatility that's going on underneath because it's not traded every single second of the day between 9.30 and 4, like a stock, like another investment. If it was traded on an exchange, which you can see real estate traded on an exchange in what's called REITs, real estate investment trusts, which are publicly traded real estate firms, you would see that volatility. So keep in mind market volatility as one of the risks of overinvesting in real estate. And what also comes with this is that real estate is also typically a fairly levered asset, meaning that it has a lot of debt. So if you buy a million dollar property, you might have to put 20, 30% down. You only have 20, 30% equity, the rest is debt. So on the upside, that looks great, but on the downside, that looks much worse. The third is high upfront costs. You need your down payment, your closing costs, and people typically don't think about the maintenance, the upkeep. That maintenance and the upkeep, people typically neglect. If something breaks, you have to fix it. Where's that money coming from? Have you properly thought about these calculations when you're looking to make this investment? Next, you don't think about an imbalanced portfolio. Well, okay, yeah, I own 10 real estate properties. People say, oh, I own 10 properties, 20 properties, whatever. Great. But all these properties potentially all, all in one city. Well, they're also all in real estate. That's not really diversified. Yeah, you own 10, 20 properties, but it's pretty much all the same invest, investment. You end up having an imbalanced portfolio. Other piece that I always see people make the mistake of is that when you own real estate, while you think the income is passive, there's a lot of work that actually has to go into that. Have you thought about how to manage the portfolio, how to manage properties? Will you outsource it? Will you do it yourself? What happens if you have a problem with a tenant? So again, something breaks. It's not as passive as many people think. Consider what the work will actually look like before diving in. And remember that everything 
and life typically has pros and cons, and there's no such thing as a free lunch. Now let's move on to number five. The fifth mistake that I see high earners in their 30s and 40s make, and the way to avoid them, is not getting help. Now this one might seem very self-serving. Of course, I have my own wealth advisory firm. Of course, I'm gonna tell you to get help. But I'm coming to you with all true sincerity that I see people not getting help because there's a conundrum. And this got amplified by a recent Wall Street Journal article that I was reading. It came out four days ago. And this article was titled, The Exact Age When You Make Your Best Financial Decisions. And it was based off a 2022 study. And it said that the best age that people make their best financial decisions when they have the best financial literacy was, drum roll please, age 54. Age 54. Now, at the age of 54, if you look at the average life expectancy of an American, you've already lived 70% of your life. So you went through 70% of your life making inefficient financial decisions. Well, duh, no wonder why Americans are suffering. You've lived 70% of your life where you've gotten to the optimal time of having financial literacy. But what if you are able to get help? What if you are able to reach out to someone or outsource things that you don't know about to fill in the gap of the things that you don't know? Now, the issue is, is when you're in the ages of 30s to 40s, something we've talked about previously also on the Big Bell Show, you suffer from this, com- this issue called overconfidence bias, meaning you're overconfident in the decisions that you're making. Oh, yeah, I can handle my finances. Oh, yeah, I know how to invest. Well, that's not what the data says. The data says you can't. The data says you need to get help. The data says that you're not going to make your most optimal financial decision until the age of 54. And then if you're 30 years old, that's 24 years from now. And imagine going back to that first example where I showed the power of compound interest and how much you need to put away at the age of 30. That's 24 years of making non-optimal decisions. This is the power of a coach and why we stress behavioral coaching at Julius Wealth Advisors and why I always give the example to people of why sometimes I actually hire a trainer to help me work out. I know how to work out. I played Division I college football. I benched 365 pounds, squatted over 500 pounds, ran a 4940. I know how to work out, but I don't because I do not have that coach, that motivator, the person that's keeping me accountable. So get help. And that is the number five thing that I see high earners in their 30s and 40s, the mistake that they make. So let's take another break and When we get back, I'm going to wrap the show up and go through a bone-nose segment of giving my 2023 NFL preview. The NFL, everyone knows I love talking about food, football, and finance, and we are getting into football season. I want to give my preview of the season and, more importantly, my Miami Dolphins. 
So take a quick break and we'll be back. Let's get after the final segment. Bo knows, and I'm extremely excited about this because the NFL season is right around the corner. I just had my fantasy football draft on Monday night. I am pumped up for the season. Love this time of year. You have football, you have fall. Getting into one of the better times of the year, in my opinion. So let's draw some parallels to the NFL and football and finance. And there are a lot of parallels, especially when we talk about high earners in their 30s and 40s and avoiding mistakes. Because the NFL, you have veterans already like Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers. These are people that have put in the work in their early times to get to where they are today. However, when you're in your 30s and 40s, you're more like an NFL rookie. You're still young, you have a long career ahead of you, and you have to put in the work today, just like you have to do in the point of investing and creating wealth. It's not always about getting 200 yards in the game and two touchdowns, but what about the next game when you get three fumbles? Slow and steady typically wins the race, putting in the work every single day. You don't want to be a penny stock that does not have a plan, i.e. Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, guy had one good year, honestly, had one good year, and now he's making this big fuss that he demands all his money? Sorry, Jonathan Taylor, I kind of see the Colts point in this. You don't want to be like a penny stock like that. You got to put in the work, put in the grind, think about the long term. And remember that your 30s and 40s, or the times to make sure your approach to investing and creating wealth is built on rock-solid foundations. The best quarterbacks, the best players, are the ones that typically do not throw the interceptions and do not make the mistakes, avoiding the big mistakes. So now, with all this said, with this parallel, the NFL and high earners in their 30s and 40s and avoiding the mistakes... Let's talk about my favorite. I put that in quotes because I have a love-hate relationship as I talked about many times on the show with my Miami Dolphins. Now, I don't want to brag, but if you go back and you listen to episode 8, Homeostasis, I gave an NFL preview about my Miami Dolphins on that show about a year ago. And I correctly predicted pretty much exactly how this season was going to unfold. And now I'm back. Now I'm back making a prediction about my Miami Dolphins. And if you know me, I'm typically very, very bitter about my Miami Dolphins. Everyone always jumps on the bandwagon. Oh, Dan Marino's going to do this. This running back's going to do that. We have a great defense. Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, Tyreek Hill now. This and everyone's always hyping and I'm always like, ah, it's the Dolphins. Let's, let's settle down now. Not this year. 
this year, looking at their schedule, looking at this team, I am getting behind probably the first time in my life, my Miami Dolphins. This year, we have a very tough schedule. Always New England in our division and the Bills in our division and are going to be tough. Jets, sorry, they're still the Jets, whatever, not going to go into that. We play the Kansas City Chiefs, we play the Eagles. But I'm telling you, this year, my prediction for my Miami Dolphins is we're going to finish 12 and 5, 12 wins, 5 losses. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. The Miami Dolphins, the first time in my life, we will be going to the Super Bowl. Why? Obviously, we have great wide receivers. Wide receivers that put in the work. We upgraded our offensive line. We are going to keep Tua healthy. We're going to keep Tua healthy. He's put on some weight in the offseason. Make himself more durable. Our offense is stellar. But the reason why I think we're going to go to the Super Bowl is because of Vic Fangio and our defense. We made a very key hire our defense last year, in my opinion, was the reason why we weren't good. Outside of Tua getting hurt, our defense drastically underperformed. Our defense is good. And now that we have another good defensive-minded coordinator in Vic Fangio, I think our defense is going to be relentless. And the thing that people overlook about our Miami Dolphins, and as I've said before, offense wins games. But defense wins championships. Dolphins will finish 12-5 and and we're going to the Super Bowl this year. So let's wrap up episode 20 of the Big Bow Show. Five major money mistakes high earners make in their 30s and 40s and how to avoid them. These five are not starting today, giving into lifestyle creep. Neglecting estate planning, over-investing in real estate, and not getting help. So, if you have anyone, yourself, your loved one, who's curious about building swagger in their wealth creation journey and helping to avoid these mistakes that we've talked about, reach out to us at Julius Wealth Advisors www.juliuswealthadvisors.com info at Julius Wealth Advisors give us a call at 201-289-9181 and let's wrap this up the way that we wrap up all of our episodes by saying always live a life of integrity live a life of knowledge obtaining as much knowledge as you can and always live a life that you're passionate about. Until next time, all the best.
tuning into the Big Bo Show. Julius Wealth Advisors.